Welcome to the Know, Like, Trust podcast for real estate professionals. In this podcast, you'll discover what it takes to establish know, like, and trust, and connect with the right people for success in real estate. If you're a marketing strategist, real estate agent, or another professional in the real estate space, and you're interested in building a referral-based business, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, Betty Russo and Christine George. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome. I am Christine George. Welcome to the No Like Trust show slash podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm here with my co-host. I'm Betty Russo. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are talking today with Chelsea Pites. Um, all about Instagram, of course, and we're so excited to have her here. We're going to talk about Instagram and the launch of her new company. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Chelsea before uh, we welcome her. Chelsea is an Instagram coach, and she's all about teaching uncomplicated, highly effective social media content tips, right, Chelsea, uh, to help real estate professionals grow their businesses. She has a huge following on Instagram. And I can tell you why her content is fresh, fun, entertaining, and educational all at the same time. Chelsea is the author of the book, What to Post. She also hosts a podcast show. I never miss one single episode. Um, It's called The Voice of Social Sales. And I highly recommend that you listen. Chelsea is always on top of the latest trends. Her tips take the overwhelm out of learning how to use Instagram and all of its features. And she's your one-stop shop for everything Instagram. Thank you, Chelsea, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I love talking about the social. So it's going to be really fun. Thank you. Awesome. Absolutely. Chelsea, I'm going to dig right in. Um, Can you just kind of give our community a a little bit of your backstory? Tell us how you sort of got started in the business and what made you so passionate about social media? Absolutely. Uh, Well, I should start at the beginning. I got my license. I was a licensed agent for 18 years. I I worked full time for 10 of those years and earned my living as a real estate agent. And I kind of jokingly tell people that I got my license in 2001 BF and the BF stands for before Facebook. So I had a whole career (laughs) before social media even existed. And, um, I loved being in real estate. I was just talking with someone the other day and telling them I was that person that loved buyers. And this was back when buyers would actually get in your car and you would spend all day with them and you'd hunt and find the house. And I just loved that. So I love people. I've always enjoyed that. And I've always had a passion for helping people. And I had no idea that because my brain learns differently than other people, I had to break things down in a specific way so that I could understand it. And so I didn't realize that that particular framework or style was going to be useful to anyone else. (laughs) And so I started helping one person and then two and then four and 10 and then a hundred and then classes happened. And I never, ever, ever intended to go into social media. Um, I never intended to be a speaker. I never intended to be an author. It just sort of uh, presented itself. The universe was like, we're not going to fight this anymore. You are destined for this. (laughs) So I I finally said, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Good, good for you. Good for you. I love that. Yeah, you absolutely are. I have to agree because I, I love watching you. Like like I said before, I mean, you're entertaining, but you're educational. It's fun. You make, you make it easy. 
you make it fun for people to watch um, and enjoy learning with you. So I think you are cut out for this. Absolutely. You have the personality and uh, yeah, definitely. We need to have some joy in what we're doing, whether it's uh, our day-to-day business or creating content. So my goal is to bring some education and maybe a little bit of joy along with that too. (laughs) A lot of humor, a lot of humor. I I love watching you on Instagram. It's quite funny. (laughs) And I'm always like, how did she do that? (laughs) Yes. I think I, I think I messaged you like a few weeks ago. How did you do that? You're like, it's actually quite easy. And you gave me all the steps. I'm like, this, this woman is awesome. (laughs) So um, my first question for you, Chelsea, in regard to real estate agents who are a little uncomfortable with getting on social media, Mm -hmm. um, more so uncomfortable with showing their faces on social media. They, they, maybe into like sharing a lot of great content, but they kind of leave their faces out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, so what are the challenges that people have with social media, creating content that includes themselves and like, why don't they, why don't they show their face and why do they need to? Oh my gosh. We could have an entire podcast just on this. I was just doing five events in 36 hours, the last day and a half about this exact topic. And it is something that is baked into our brains. I mean, as human beings, we have a need in order to survive and thrive, to be loved and belong to a Mm -hmm. community. That's part of the the thing that drives us as human beings. And we can connect with other human beings through social media. And the challenge is that that very thing that makes us want to connect with people also makes us feel very vulnerable when we're putting ourselves out there on public display. What if somebody doesn't like what we're saying? What if we make a mistake? What if our voice sounds like as weird as we think it sounds? So the, the challenge is built into the fabric of our DNA. And it's difficult because there's no magic formula template or pill that I can give anyone that says, hey, take this and you're going to feel amazing on video. Now, to get to the point of why we need to be showing up as our human selves, and I think since we've recently uh, you know, come out of 2020 and 2021, where we weren't seeing anyone unless we were using technology, whether it was <laughs> Zoom or social media or a live video or recorded video. And I think many of us were so thankful that we had some of those tools to be able to celebrate the birthdays through a Zoom and just check in with our families and friends. So I think that the idea that we can't be human on technology was evolved a little bit through that. And what I would say is this, a lot of people say to me, I am very nervous about making this a me, me, me thing. I don't want it to be, you know, my reality show and I'm bragging and it's just all about me. And you come to my profile and it's just plastered with pictures. I feel like maybe that's not really my brand. I'm kind of a humble person. and I don't really want to do that. And I totally relate to that. I actually took myself out of my photos because I thought it was weird that they were all just of me. But what I found out was is that my audience, their brains were saying, oh my gosh, I know this person. This is Chelsea. This is my guide. They don't know who your guide is if they can't see you. And we would Mm -hmm. never get in front of a client face-to-face and not look them in the eye. We wouldn't hide behind a wall as we're talking to them about (laughs) listing their property. So showing your face and being human is not about being egotistical 
critical or bragging or making it about you. It's about communicating eye to eye, face to face in the most human way that we can. And in many cases, that is having to use some kind of technology. So it's critical that we show up as a human being because we also are so very savvy now that we're craving real. When I'm looking at my feed, I kind of skip past a lot of those really edited, beautiful graphics. I want to see people. I want to connect with a human. And we have to build the like, no trust. How will I build a like, no trust with your logo or an inanimate object of that beautiful house, but I'm not connecting with you as a human being who's relatable and likable and trustworthy. All of those emotions we build through communication, nonverbal, our facial expressions, all of those things. So it's really an unfair advantage to tap into the brains of those people who are consuming our content to build and accelerate a trust and relationship through technology by showing your face. And the last thing I'm going to tell you, because I just made a reel about this and I'm editing it right now, your content is not for you. Your content is for your customer. And the problem is we get in our heads and I say we, because I do this too. I have a bunch of drafts sitting in my reels that I haven't posted. Have I rewatched them? Of course I have. Have I said, eh, this isn't as good as I usually can do. Yes. Limiting belief, right? I'm subjective about my content because all of these things get in our, our world about, oh, views and likes, and this one didn't perform as well as that one. Or what if this one doesn't go over as well as that one? What if it's boring? What if somebody already has done this? All of the things, right? And what happens is if we say to ourselves, if somebody watches this video and it answered a question for them, or it taught them something new, or it inspired them, or it lifted them up or whatever emotion in the spectrum of emotions. Now, imagine if that person never let you know they got value. They never engaged. They never liked. They never left you a measurable metric, but they walked away and they said, that was really helpful. I'm glad I watched that video. Does that video still have value? Absolutely. We just don't have a metric to measure it. It's like, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound, right? <laughs> so it's one of those things that we we have to remember. Our content is not for us. Our content is to serve our customer. And then sometimes you say, okay, well, if it's not about me, I let me just get on video and make this helpful tip because somebody out there might benefit from it. And if nobody watches it, you <laughs> benefit from it because you made a video that's going to help you make another video in the future. Oh my God, you... that. There's a lot yeah. to unpack there. And I, I mean, I, I think that it so much, Chelsea, but I think like, you know, I think one of the fears comes from what you were saying before, which is we've been socialized over the years, especially those of us who, you know, are, are, are Gen Xers, right? Like that you have to be makeup on, beautiful hair, the perfect clothes, you have to know your lines, like, you know, like, because that's what we see. We see models and actors and actresses and all of that. And so that's like the first myth, you know, that we have to sort of deprogram in our brains is that we don't have to be all of that. Like, and I'll give you an example today. I was going to put lipstick on for this. And I said, I, I just don't wear lipstick much. So why would I do that? So I'm not going to do it. Um, and you look gorgeous. 
<laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so do you. You're all gorgeous. In fact, well, Chelsea, we'll have we'll we'll talk <laughs> offline. But um, so I love that. And then and then the piece just about not necessarily having that, those measures. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's like letting go of that is so important because you can go to a cocktail party. You can go to a networking event. You can go to have just a a simple conversation with somebody on the phone and have no idea the impact that you're having on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, when you walk away from that conversation. And so if you go into doing video with that mindset as well, or any kind of social, as long as you are being your authentic self and you are providing what you believe is value for your target audience, that's all that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to get wrapped up in views um, as, as a, as a value metric. Um, They are a metric and not everything that's measurable may be meaningful for your business or for your heart or for your soul or for your mental health or whatever emotion um, is in between there. And so you get to decide, which is the great thing, uh, what kind of metrics you want to measure. Maybe you make a video and you don't watch it back. That's your metric. Awesome. I love it. All the time. I never watch (laughs) these. Never. Yeah. I don't, I, I eventually watch the lives, but not right away. I don't even listen to the podcast until I don't listen to my podcast. Yeah. When it, when it comes out next week, I'll listen to it in my car when I'm driving somewhere. But other than that, I'm just like, let it rip, you know, let it go. Yeah. Because Um, if you say, Hey, it's not for me. Views are for us, right? Views are for us. Views are like, oh, wow, look at, oh, no, this one didn't get as many views. What's wrong with me? Am I losing I my edge? I know. Oh, people didn't like it. Maybe, other, maybe not. <laughs> you know, Chelsea, the other piece to that is who, if, if, if the guy down the street loves it and the guy down the other side of the street doesn't love it, that's the reality that's going to happen. But that's, that's the beauty life. of it is you're going to attract Mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. who relate to you yeah. period. And that's, that's exactly what you want to do. Not only from a business perspective, but from a life perspective as well, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. you want to attract the people that resonate with you and who you can relate to as well. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's get into Instagram. Cause I hear you say a lot. Instagram is my jam. Like you say that all the time and I love it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) What? I mean, obviously Facebook came before Instagram. How did you make the switch? What was it about Instagram that makes it your jam? Why do you love it? Um, Just kind of get into that. You know, I used to really dislike Instagram. It was my least favorite platform. And I think because I didn't really understand it, I was kind of in a world of just Facebook because really that was kind of all that there was. There was, And then Snapchat happened and there was Twitter and they were all really different. And I loved Snapchat because it was the first time ever. Now it's kind of hard to imagine a world without stories and video, but this was the first thing where you opened up an app and there was no feed. It was a camera. So you had to talk to it. And generally speaking, you were in it. And that was very new. And so what was happening as people and myself included were getting so comfortable talking to 
well, at the time, we no one we knew or just people at the screen, but other people were watching it and we were starting to have conversations. And then before you knew it, you were like, I feel like I know this person. I feel like we're friends. And that freaked me out because <laughs> I, I don't meet friends on the internet, strangers on the internet. That's weird. And so um, I loved Snapchat. And then when Instagram caught on to stories, that format, a lot of people migrated over to Instagram because there was discoverability there. There was opportunity to get found by new people, multiple different types of formats for content. And Snapchat did not have that. So I started using stories exclusively on Instagram and didn't use anything else. Never did live, never did the feed, just really didn't like it. Um, And slowly started to learn and evolve. And then I really kind of understood why I would use the feed, why I would use the stories. And that helped me because I'm one of those people where I have to know why I have to know how it works and why. And then I'm like, okay, now maybe I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I never intended to come to Instagram. I fought it. I fought it. I said, I will not go to Instagram. I'm sticking with Snapchat forever. And then everybody left and I eventually made my way over. (laughs) What's your, what's your favorite part? You've got the stories, you've got the posts. My favorite part is stories. I wish I could do that. And only that I actually hate posting in the feed. I have a lot of content stress. I have a lot of, you know, limiting beliefs that I deal with and I spend time on it. Sometimes I can go down a rabbit hole of graphics and Canva and blah, 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 blah. And um, looking for hashtags and copywriting is does not come natural to me. And so that takes time too. I love stories because it's real and it's human and it's fast. And I don't have to think of editing or copywriting or hashtags. And I can just talk to people. And what's also nice is that you know, you can see who's watching. So if you are feeling like, is anyone out there? Like you can see who's watching. You can also return the favor and watch their content. And you have this private one-to-one communication and nobody sees any metrics, which is great. Cause then you're not stressed about it. Right. We're just, we're talking about making over your metrics. I literally never, I could not tell you the last time I ever looked at metrics on my posts or my stories. Um, I can't really really avoid it on reels because they just show it to you, Mm -hmm. but I don't seek out those metrics because I know myself. I'm not saying that's right for everyone because metrics can be very, very helpful. And a lot of people gauge what's working and what's not, or how to make shifts. For me, I'm not a one size fits all person. Like if you like something more than another, lean into it. If you know that your mental health is going to get affected by looking at insights and kind of getting into that cycle of changing your content because you feel like you have to do something and there's pressure, it's kind of why I don't get on the scale every day either. Some people love getting on the scale. I don't. I just know that, you know, for me and my brain and how it works, it's not ideal for me. So I think you have to know what works for you because this is supposed to be somewhat enjoyable, somewhat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is work, but you know, we want you to be positive and happy and you get to make your own experience on these platforms. So, you know, it can, it's really easy to fall into getting fixated on going viral or a trend or watching the numbers. So um, I've been there. Yeah. I've, been, I've been in that zone. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you don't look at your numbers. I, I never would have guessed that, honestly. Um, 
I just feel like every it's something that everybody does, especially when you're making a lot of content and you, you know, want to know what's working and what's not. So I, I love that. I think I think that's great, honestly. I I'm I'm not into looking at metrics. I do it once in a while because I feel like I have to and I'm curious, but I don't focus. I'm on not that. a metrics person mainly because I really want to make content because it brings me joy. I like doing it. It it it's in my niche. And again, I'm really all about like, it's not for me. That is my mantra for this year because I'm really hard and subjective about my own content. As many of us are, we think we're boring. We're not characters. People don't care about our lives. Like (laughs) why would I put something out about that? So um, yeah, I know that for me, uh, looking at that, because I did get very vested in metrics for reels because when I was doing that year long testing and I will tell you what, I found I was changing my content and I thought, wait a minute, I'm, ch- I'm going away from something because I'm chasing the metric. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to teach. So for me, I, I just don't look at metrics on anything. I don't look at my email open rates, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Um, I know that I will start to pick it apart and, or maybe second guess doing it in the future if I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my personal choice. Yeah. I love it. So, you know, if you, if you're a, you know, just a real estate person who's maybe, you know, wants to get into social media, Instagram, or somebody who's done a great job on, from a personal perspective on Instagram and wants to level up from a business perspective, what I, what are maybe three strategies you would recommend somebody mm-hmm. get started on? I think the most asked question is always when it comes to content, because we have all of these lists of content ideas and maybe we're even posting them. Maybe it's, you know, something educational and you think, okay, I can do that. You know, what's educational and helpful is, is a market update, which that information is educational and helpful. However, sometimes it's really good content. That's not in a really great format for the way that our brain reads, or it's not original, meaning you're not in it. The only original content out there on the planet, unless you have something that's proprietary and trademarked, is your face, your voice, your story, your perspective, your opinion. That's it. Everything that I teach, you could find online. It's my perspective and what I bring to it and how I teach it that's the secret sauce. And Mm -hmm. so we don't think of ourselves as the secret sauce. So the first thing is you've got to put yourself in the content, because if you are part of an MLS and you have many other people that are in the same MLS, guess what? You all have the same stats. So there's nothing unique about those market updates unless you are in it and you are sharing your perspective, advice, and opinion. So it's important that we have to humanize that content. And then we get frustrated because you're like, well, Chelsea, you told me how to do something educational. I did. And this didn't work. Nobody called me from my market updates that I want (laughs) to buy a house. It's hard because, you know, the skill of storytelling is really challenging. And Mm. you layer in that we live in our own stories all day long. Mm -hmm. And so we're too close to it. You know, we think, oh, geez, that sounds boring. Who I'm not going to do a post about that. This happened to me this week. It happens to me. I am human. And what happened was I wasn't going to post a video. And I thought everybody knows this, like, this is so remedial. Why would I even make a video about it? I posted it. I had seven people that said, I had no idea. I was wondering about this. Thank you. And I said, Mm -hmm. shame on me. 
I was making content for me and not for them. And look what happened. So I still have those human limiting beliefs, second guessing things or like, oh, this is boring or nobody's engaging. So it's difficult because we're in our own stories and we don't think of ourselves as characters. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's also a challenge. So the first thing is you got to put yourself and your original perspective in your content and don't be afraid to have different elements of your brand. Your brand is not a house. Your brand is not just real estate. My brand is real estate social media, small dogs, smiley faces and rainbows. Um, you know, all of those things that you're like, Oh, this makes me think of that person. Those can also come into your world because you just never know what you're going to connect with. And I think the big challenge is in real estate, we have to remember that people are not buying a house every week. So if you sold me a house that I love and it's my dream house. And I just closed on it six weeks ago. I don't care about your listing posts. It's irrelevant to me. Now Mm -hmm. you might be saying, well, maybe it's relevant to someone else. Maybe, but probably not because we're not going to Instagram looking for houses. We're looking for people. We're Mm -hmm. looking for stories. And so my next tip is tell me you're in real estate without telling me you're in real estate. Ah, Product That's placement. a great one. Product placement about, um, you know, like think of a celebrity or in a movie and they're holding like a Coca-Cola in their hand and they're not saying, hey, buy Coke, uh, but you're watching. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, I haven't had a Coke in a really long time. Maybe I'm, I'm going to get one of those for dinner or something like that. That's product placement. And so here's how you could do that instead of like a really pretty Canva graphic, which by the way, I love Canva, use it all the time, not, not saying anything negative about Canva, but instead of that really pretty Canva graphic that says under contract, a dollar amount and like a beautiful picture of the home. What if you, um, told me the story of that house or how you came across it, or you're in the picture of a kitchen, or if it's a new build, it's a picture of you in the new build site you are letting me know, oh, you're in a new build site. I can see the construction behind you and you're telling me a story. It's product placement. So we have the good content already. We just can make it great by tweaking it a little bit. And that is a skill that takes time to develop. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit, um, it's going to take you a little bit of time, but that's something that I think if you can think in your mind, tell me you're in real estate without telling me in real estate, product placement, product placement, you could be in your office in your real estate office with stuff behind you. And you're doing maybe a tip or something that you should know about the market, or you're at your open house and you're like, well, while I was getting ready for my open house today, I broke my heel. Okay. Well, you still just told me you were having an open house, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's things like that where we're subtly product placing so that people know what you do. You're still active, but it's not always, we definitely need to tell people what we do and how we can help them. But if it's all that kind of content, it's going to not get the um, same engagement because people are at different places in their home buying or home selling journey. And they're not looking for that on Instagram. My third tip would be, um, I want you to go to your Instagram profile and I want you to pull it up and look at it because when you're someone that's new, that's coming to your profile, that's where they're going to look. And that's pretty much your website. And I want you maybe hand it to someone else. Cause it's hard because it's, again, our own story, mm-hmm. like the worst thing anyone can ask me is like, give me three words that describe you. And I'm like, I got nothing. I don't know. It's weird to think about ourselves. <laughs> So it's hard because I say, would you share your content? And we're like, 
I think so. Mm, probably not. I mean, let's be honest. Like I'm not sharing your market update. You might think so because you made it and it's important to you. So we have to take that out of our own lens, go to your profile. And I want you to tell me in one second, as you're looking at those nine squares, are you anywhere in them? Do I know who this is? Do I know who my guide is? Do I have any, any idea of anything data points that I could build um, any kind of idea of who you are, trustability, likability, authority, and, 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 and we're not to get into a design discussion, but when you come to my profile, you can probably tell that I'm positive, high energy, like the different things that you see there. Yeah. I want people, I mean, that's how we do it, right? We, we take these mental shortcuts and we're like, okay, if you're not in your content, that also is leaving a brand impression. It's very hard to connect with someone um, when you can't see them in any of their content. So if all we see is beautiful Canva graphics and houses, I want you to think about how can you start putting more of you and your brand in that content? I'm happy to say, I think I passed the test. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I have to look. I even have well, Christine you know, in there. <laughs> well, you know, you said something. You said, you know, your brand extends beyond selling homes. I mean, that's that's what kind of led you into sort of the pro- product placement piece. And, you know, it's a different way of really, I, I love it because it's a different way of saying, you know, I get this question from my agents all the time, you know, how much personal versus how much business And I always say, you know, 80% personal, 20% business, but it's really sort of that integration of it, I think is what you're saying. It's like, you're not, you know, real estate agent by day, mom at night, like you're still a mom when you're selling real estate during the day. And when your deal comes in at nine o'clock at night, when you're momming, you know, you're a real estate agent. So I love that example of, Oh my God, I walked in the open house into my open house and my, you know, my heel broke, you know, like, so it's, it just, it, it makes you human, it humanizes you. It makes you who you are. And also I love the idea of, you know, I love little dogs. I mean, I actually, that's one of the things I love about your Instagram stuff because I had a little dog and I'm about to get another one, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, I love little dogs too. So, uh, yeah, it's all of that stuff. It's it's weaving in who you are. Your brand isn't just real estate agent. Your brand is everything about who you are. And that's mm-hmm. really what creates that no like trust uh, attraction. I love right. that. Anybody that follows you, Chelsea, I mean, it, it's very evident um, who you are because you share all of that. I mean, I, I love it. I love that we see your dogs mm-hmm. uh, in the background. I love that your dogs like to be on reels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see your son, but we also see you, um, you who you are as a person um, and, and what you're teaching. I love that sometimes you show up all made up. I love that sometimes you show up with your hair up here and in your pajamas. (laughs) I love that because it's so real. You are so real. So anybody that's listening or watching, um, if you want to know like what we're talking about, I mean, all you have to do is look at Chelsea's Instagram page and and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Um, It's great. It's great. 
So I'm going to switch this up a little bit. I want to ask you about your book. It came out, I want to say like about a year ago. I think you have another book, but I have this one that I want to ask about what to post. Um, As soon as it came out, I, I grabbed it right away off Amazon, my favorite shopping place. Um, it's, it's really what to post. I mean, I think you originally said you wrote this book for yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, in a way as, as just collecting all your thoughts in one place. Tell us more about that. That's exactly right. I, um, wanted to get everything in one place. And then when I had it in one place, I thought, well, I might as well just put this out there (laughs) and maybe someone else will get some good use out of it too. And so I wrote that book, what to post. And um, now I'm really focusing on, we all know the what, like the, the content. Now my focus is really on the context, which is how you make the content or the thing have meaning to someone's head and their heart. Because we are having difficulty being storytellers. We're having a challenge seeing ourselves as characters. We don't believe that there's magic in the mundane where those boring everyday things that we do as human beings connect us a fear of being uh, oversharers, but you can be personal and still not be private. So, you know, there's a lot of human stuff, right? There's a lot of emotions and human things that go into making content. And so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not writing another book that I'm done writing books, but um, you know, in my mind, I feel like if I was going to write another one, it would be the next step is now that you know what to do and have a good framework, like let's talk about how we take your good content and make it great. Meaning it's going to um, energize people. They're going to feel empathy. They're going to see that authenticity. They're going to feel a connection and it's going to actually uh, convert or draw people to you as well. So I'm working on, on that. Um, and yeah, the book's on Amazon. Uh, if you want to, uh, find it, you can go to the link in my bio. I also have a bunch of free guides and downloads there. So go grab those because those are some really helpful content guides. Yeah. I grabbed them all a few days ago, by the way, not sure if you noticed or not, but (laughs) she doesn't look at metrics. Um, (laughs) Yes, she does. No, I don't know if you get a notification or something if somebody grabs those, but um, I just wanted to ask you one more thing um, because you mentioned, uh, you know, telling the story um, and you mentioned that a little bit earlier as well. Are you telling that story um, in in your content? Are you telling it in a video format or is that in your caption? Mm -hmm. I do both. Um, and I will say that I, I can't take credit for this great quote. This was Gary V and he said, you know, my best content tip for you is to document, not create. And that means, you know, kind of what's going on in your day, bringing people into that exclusive behind the scenes with you. And the funny thing is, is that we hear this word exclusive and we think it has to be this big grand reveal when in actuality, it's all the boring things that we're doing all day long. We are hardwired to enjoy connecting and just watching other people, people watching, right? I mean, gosh, who doesn't love to just sit in a mall or an airport or sometimes and just relax and you're just connecting reality TV and all the things. So, um, yeah, it's, it's important to know that as humans, that's sort of what we're hardwired to do. And when you're there and you're connecting and, and also when you're a proactive engager and you're connecting with other people, um, it not only feels good for them, but it feels good for us to be a kind human being and check in and say, hi, how are you? This was great. Thanks for posting it. It's, it's a great two way feeling. And so I'm trying to get 
out of the measurable metrics and into the intangibles of, you know, how does it make you feel? Did you positively impact someone's life? And so I think documenting what you're doing, especially if you're struggling, if you are a new agent, a lot of people say, I'm afraid nobody wants to hire me. I'm a new agent. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, lean into it. Show me all the things you're doing to learn the classes you're taking, what you're learning your broker and your team and how they're helping you and what you're doing. So that's what we want to be is we want to be in part of someone's story. And so I think it's really important to, to document what you're doing and bring mm-hmm. people along into that. But yes, I do it in stories and I, you know, I try to have a lesson or some kind of guide uh, focus tip, whether it's inspirational or educational in all of my content so that somebody might be able to say, oh my gosh, I relate to that. Or that's really helpful. Thanks for sharing that. And maybe mm-hmm. that will work for me. Love it. Love it. <clears throat> that's great. And so let's, did you have something, Christine, before no, I- No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, so let's uh, talk about your podcast. Um, I mentioned before that I listen to it every time it comes out, that it, it, such a valuable information you're sharing with every episode. I remember a few months back, you were talking about taking a little break from your podcast. I think I reached out to you and I said, oh no, please don't do that. (laughs) But then you came back and I was so happy to see you back. Um, It's such a great podcast. So how long have you been doing that? Oh my gosh. I want to say about three years. I lose track of time, but I think I'm on like episode a hundred and something or other, but I think it's been about three years. And, um, yeah, I'm a big believer if you're burnt out or you're feeling like I don't really love doing this, take a break or stop or mm-hmm. never come back to it. And yeah. so it was one of those things that I just at the time was inundated with so many things. And I said, you know what, I've got to take something out that isn't bringing me joy or that I'm not looking forward to because I will get completely burned out. So mm-hmm. I took a break and then came back and, you know, I have no um, regulations around when I do it. If I feel like I want to make a podcast, I make one. If I feel like I want to, you know, have an interview with someone I do, um, is that the ideal best practice that everyone's like, Hey, you need to make something once a week or twice a week and have a schedule and do all this. No, but that's what works for me. And it feels good for me. So, um, you know, yeah. Would I, would it grow and do all these things if I focused and did more of some of that? Probably. Um, but that's not my main goal for that. That's not your main thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not your main jam. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the content that you share on there. Um, It's it. You seem to be bringing us the latest updates, the latest news in Instagram, the latest trends, what's happening behind the scenes Mm -hmm. in the Instagram world. Yeah. And not just on Instagram, but I really like to talk about um, just content in general, creating content, personal branding, um, because, you know, a lot of people like to want to be on different platforms. And so I try to come up with tips and strategies that work across every platform. And usually that's pretty easy to do when you talk about human strategies and not necessarily metric strategies. Um, And so I also have interviews with people who are in and out of the industry uh, that talk about their particular niche of social media. 
And um, also I've been doing more mindset and productivity as well, because that's something that I've been focused on for this year. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I do. It's just me and my thoughts and the, the microphone and, uh, I don't prepare for it. I just start talking. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I have no idea what I've said and I click end and there we go. <laughs> and there you go. Well, it sounds great. I love it. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Chelsea, you just started a new business venture in January, which I feel like the timing for this was was really exciting to be able to to talk about it. Tell us about it. Yeah. So I started my own company and most people probably thought I already had my own company. I had been a very happy employee of a very large company in the real estate space for about 11 years. And I was their national director of social sales. So every company under the umbrella, I would um, help their sales teams understand how to utilize social media. And now I'm my own company and my old company is a client, which is awesome. I can't can't imagine a better transition. Um, And so, yeah, I do a lot of speaking. I do webinars for brokerages or individuals. I just spoke at a conference in Las Vegas yesterday. And so that's pretty much what I'm doing. I do coaching and I have workshops about Instagram. Um, And yeah, so it's been really, really fun. And you're enjoying it and it's doing well. I love it. I love it. That Congratulations. Matters. Yeah. Congrats. Mm. So I think we're going to start wrapping this up in a little while. Um, you know what, before we do so, I just want to ask you if you can give one last piece of advice to our listeners, Chelsea, what would that be regarding social media? Yeah. I think that um, if we're talking specifically about Instagram, I would say that there's probably a lot of users who are a little bit hesitant to embrace reels, whether it's because it's overwhelming or there's a lot to learn, or it's a limiting belief around thinking that you're not entertaining. Um, What I will tell you is that that particular format is now going to be, or already is in every social media platform, and it is no longer a trend. It is a new normal. And so it's important to take a little bit of time, whether it's 10 minutes, a couple of times a week to learn to consume and to think about how might I maybe use this in, in my um, content? Not that I think it's taking over. I mean, that's like saying, well, nobody's going to write books anymore. Well, that's not accurate, but I think it's important to start challenging ourselves. And, and what I will tell you is somebody who's been doing it since it came out on Instagram, I have really pushed the boundaries of my creativity And I never would have gotten to those places had I not started using this new tool and new format that also helped me see things differently. So there's a benefit there too. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Love it. So one last thing, can you finish this sentence for us? No, like trust is the best best way to build a relationship. Chelsea, where can people find you? They can find me on all the socials by my name. The best one, of course, is to connect with me on Instagram. And when you go to my profile, you will see a link there in the bio. And that's where you can go to find out information about my podcast and my book and my workshops and all of the free downloads as well. Fantastic. And we will definitely put all of that in the show notes. Chelsea, thank you so much. It's been lovely having you on the show today. And, uh, For everyone who's watching or listening on the podcast, make sure to follow Chelsea and to 
check out her website at chelseapites.com. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we would love it. If everybody who's watching or listening could leave us a comment if you're watching the replay or definitely leave us a review and give us those five stars. We'd love it. Share it yeah. with all of your friends. That's all we have today. Thank have you, a great Chelsea. day, everyone. It's been a joy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks everyone. everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, we'd love it if you subscribe and leave a review. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to Christine or Betty on social media for consideration. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Please join us next time for another insightful conversation on incorporating know, like, and trust into your business.